Welcome to C-Suite Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's show. On the podcast, we have actress, comedian, voice actor Mary Mack. She can currently be seen, well, kind of, and heard on the Hulu streamer Solar Opposites. It was a lot of fun talking with her. We caught up with her in Wisconsin. And yeah, it was just a great conversation. I love what I do. I have the best job in the world. We also have some more amazing people coming down the way. We'll be interviewing some folks from the MTV series Wild Nout, uh, some more comedians, some more actors. And uh, as we always say, you never know what we have up our sleeve and who will drop in. So in any case, thanks for supporting and listening to the show and enjoy our interview with comedian and actress Mary Mack. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brad Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of the Brad Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished. A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Mary, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Brett. Now, you are in Wisconsin, right? It's snowing. Yeah, I'm in Minnesota right Minnesota, now. okay. Yeah, and that's my residence. But I have I have um, dreams of moving back to northern Wisconsin where I mostly grew up. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and it's crazy that it's snowing there. And then here in <laughs> California, it's like supposed to be in the high 80s today. So oh, wow. Even I in... Your area up north? Yeah, yeah. Like we're getting one of those types of seasons coming in where we had rain for a while. And then now all of a sudden, like it cooled off for a while. And and now it's like hot again. So hot and humid, I bet. Yeah, it's crazy. And like the closer you move to the water, obviously it gets cooler. But where I'm located at, it's hot. So I'll be running the air conditioning later this week. Oh, no. Ah, that's horrible i can't even imagine running well i guess i've spent my time in la and i'll I'll be going back eventually you know when things clear up but i just to put the ac on before august is yeah (laughs) it's insane i'm not excited about it either so that leads me to my first question so you obviously have spent a lot of time in that area la and things when the pandemic hit for you, I've asked every comedian that I've talked to yeah. about this. How did that affect you? Like, there, I'm sure you just had to stop everything. Yeah, I lost a year and a half of road work. <laughs> and uh, even though I um, have this voiceover gig on Hulu, it's still my main job is stand up comedy, you know. And so, um, right, I just had to get creative. I wrote some ad copy for some internet ads and stuff like that, just to, just to make my, make my bills and um, whatnot. So yeah, it was awful. I moved, uh, I, I drove the two dogs back, but uh, that was a real, 
real uh, bummer of a, a march last two marches ago because um, my brother was in hospice. So not only oh. was the pandemic happening, I was like tr- desperately trying to get home when I trying to get back to uh, the Twin Cities area to say goodbye. And so all of this happening at one time and the dogs were great. That's one <laughs> bright point to say. They <laughs> yes. didn't mind driving with just me for for three days and um, seeing every dog park they could along between uh, L.A. and Minnesota. So, wow, that's crazy. Did you happen to give the Zoom shows a shot like some folks did, or did you just kind of put everything uh, yeah. at bay? Okay, I I did. I haven't done a ton of them, but I. I like it. <laughs> Not that people say they don't like it, but I love it. You you can like entertain people from in your home and you don't have to pay for parking. You don't, there's no two drink minimum. There's, it's, it's so fun. Like I usually lose money. I love open mics because I have to write on stage. And so, um, I feel like in Los Angeles, just to get through an open mic, it costs me like 40 bucks just to, in drinks, just to be able to make it through. Because <laughs> it's not always like other cities, you get a good crowd, but it's pretty hard to get a, any kind of a crowd in LA at an open mic. And I, I'm, I'm, I hate to say this, I'm much healthier during the pandemic when I'm not um, self-medicating. <laughs> <laughs> And some people, it was like the complete opposite during the pandemic. They started right. uh, self-medicating. And I. it's interesting because I follow so many people on social media, even other just podcasters or friends. And they're like, I'm, you know, six months sober now. And I haven't been drinking <laughs> during the pandemic. So yeah, it's that's crazy. Hard. Yeah, yeah, that's really hard. But I mean, just um, I just. I like it. And I like seeing into people's houses. Like we talked about your place when I was, before we started recording. And I like, um, I like doing crowd wrap about people's <laughs> rooms that they're coming from and, um, <laughs> I love it. and their names are right up on the screen. So like, I don't have to waste the time of being like, what's your name? Uh, where, where, are you from? where are you from? I could just say, bam, your name. And then we're off into a, hopefully a successful improv <laughs> attempt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Like I've, I've heard so many different, I don't know, like perspectives on it. Like it's either, it's a really, a 50 50 wash mm-hmm. from most comedians right. because it's like, yo, this was really good or it was horrible. I don't <laughs> ever want to do it again. I was talking to Greg Fitzsimmons like a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me he did something for the Kelly Clarkson show. It was like the one and only Zoom show that he did. Uh, he yeah. warmed up the crowd and he's like, it was the worst experience in his 30 year career. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh. I will never ever do it again because it was just like it didn't work for him but right a lot of people have had so much success with it the the nowhere comedy club you know your late night all of that is just really you know steve hofstetter and ben glebe came up with this virtual comedy thing and it's just really blown up like he bought a church like so he could build a studio for comics in in um i don't i think it was new jersey where they could come and stay and do live comedy in this like wow. Zoom, built a floating stage, like a 400. You know, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. I think a lot of a lot of positive has come out of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I 
I think for the old school folks that are really tied to their craft, <laughs> it's very difficult. Yes. Because, you know, every little word matters. But for me, I'm just sharing a moment with people. And um, the weirder it is sometimes, the better it is for me, because I like every show to be different. So um, I I just like it, but you do have to think outside of the box and and uh, go a different route if it's not working. Yeah, no, I, I like that perspective, Mary. I, I, you're the first comic that's actually said that, where it's like, you know, if you're a veteran and you're tied to, like, I don't see... Jerry Seinfeld, you know, <laughs> doing a Zoom show. Like, no, that doesn't seem like something he would do. Even like yeah. Gabriel Iglesias, even some of yeah. these other guys and gals who you know, I haven't bet, done it. I bet Gabriel would be great because he he tells these stories that he can adapt yeah. to to yeah. his crowd. So so um, I mean, you can draw people in. Like, I'll I'll talk to people. I got their name right in front of me so I can ask their opinion on something. And I bet he'd be really good at it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's starting to tour again back in San Antonio. So I think he was kind of one that was holding out, you know, for like the vaccination and then kind of like how he's going to do these shows, you know, like, and do several of them. So people feel Mm -hmm. safe, but Mm-hmm. I don't think that the Zoom thing is going to go away. Like, I think it's- I just started one. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I don't want it to go away. So to ensure that, I just started a Zoom show at hopefully what is the end of the pandemic, who knows. Um, but uh, because I'm thinking, wow, I can do this in the summer from the middle of nowhere. Right. You know, and so like, for me, I like to be up in the woods in the summertime camping. And now I, I can- I can just get online and I've been doing it on Mondays at regular showtime and I just have a Mary Mac and coworkers open mic and I get to try out new stuff and not go anywhere. And now I can um, maybe cut down on some of my driving. Yeah. Because being a road comic, I know can be very stressful. (laughs) The driving in the, I'm like, I'm like, man, this pandemic has done wonders for my health because I'm, I'm sleep, I'm sleeping. I'm on the same time zone. It's, it's insane. Like I remember one time I, gosh, this is probably like in 2008, I was doing a club in Atlanta, but I was living in LA. So, so the time I had to wake up to do radio for the club in Atlanta was the same time I'd go to bed in LA. So my I was basically just up for 48 hours to do that club because I, I just could never get on a on a sleep schedule. And um it's tough. It's just you don't feel like you're giving it your best because I, I don't sleep during the day. I've never napped in my life and um not I just I'm just amazed at getting sleep. It's first time in 18 years that I feel like I've gotten some sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, get it when you can, because like, I'm sure like six months from now, if not more or less, you'll be back on the road again, especially when the summer hits, Mm -hmm. uh, hitting the clubs and things like that. Well, I want to talk about solar opposites. Okay, so I have Mm -hmm. to tell you this one day, my son, who is six, comes over and he says, Dad, can you put on this show, Solar Opposites? And I'm like, what is this show about? I'm coming at this telling you this story from a father oh, to yeah? a six-year-old, a 46-year-old father to a six-year-old. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Okay, so now we've watched this, I can't even tell you, probably a dozen times already. And that is mostly, if not all, well, part of it, I've been a fan for a long time, but really what drove me to reach out to you and I was like, I have to get her on the show and tell her my plight about how oh, this no. show has changed my household. It's a fun show. You play the lead in it. It's it's like basically uh, it's the creators of Rick and Morty, right? That's yeah. who came up with it. So how did you get involved with it, Mary? You know, it was one of those things where um, I, first of all, I can't believe you let your six-year-old watch it. Do you put the beeps in yourself? <laughs> Well, you, yeah, I mean, he, he just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't catch on most of yeah. what, what goes on. So, right. but yeah, uh, he's still a little too young to understand to watch out. There's some pretty explicit stuff in season two. So yeah, we've um, only made it to season one. So, and I control the episodes yeah. obviously, yeah. but you know, yeah. like it's a lot of it just goes over the top of his head. So. Yeah. Well, um, I, this was happened probably like in 2000, I think I auditioned in like 2017 and um, maybe even, gosh, at the very beginning of that year or uh, gosh, it took forever for them to, I just forgot all about it. Right. And it wasn't even an audition I was supposed to have. It was, I was supposedly with an agency that had never sent me any audition. And um, then I, I just kind of asked him like, Hey, you guys got anything I could audition for? <laughs> I mean, I used to be on a cartoon. I, I think maybe I could try to do that again. And it was pretty much just something they sent me to shut me up, you know? And, and I auditioned and I got a, uh, from home and then I sent it in and I got a call back which was a re remarkable because at the time I didn't have microphones or anything. It was just on my, my cell phone and it was all distorted. <laughs> and so then I did, did the call back and that was really fun. And, uh, and I, and I got it. And then I had to wait like a year before we recorded it. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it just like took a long time to get going. And, and now they're adding episodes and I really have my fingers crossed. I'm really, really hoping for a season four, just because it's so much fun to do. And it does take away some of the travel from road work. Cause then I yes. can, yeah, sit, have a little side income there. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad you're watching it. Thanks. Yeah, it's a fun show, and you have such a great surrounding cast as well. Yeah, uh, Thomas Middleditch, and just, I mean, there's so many people that uh, are. Sean Gambroni is just yes. the sweetest. He's the sweetest kid. He wasn't even 21. Um, when when he started it you know and his mom would like come pick him up and bring him around to do his other show and to do this and it's like you really he he's such a busy kid he he, he literally needs he needs like a real driver to get him to places <laughs> in time and and um and then also Justin Roiland plays one of the parts and he's just the funnest coolest guy open to so many ideas and like it's so cool for me to work with with people like that who like let me improv in the studio and like my ideas and and just it's like an inviting place to be and Mike McMahon and Josh Josh Bicell are like the two two of the head writers and um they're just really really funny and and Mike's got a that uh, Star Trek 
Lower Decks on CBS. Yes. That is going to be in its second season. And that's got a nice storyline to it as well. Yeah. I mean, it has to be just phenomenal to be a part of such a big project. And really the success that it's had is huge, especially for a comedian to be able to have that on your resume, along with all the other things that you've done. I mean, you've done a lot of voiceover work in the past. This isn't the first time. Yeah, but I'm limited in what I can do because I can't get rid of my Minnesota sound. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't get rid of the the O's and the different phrases. And I, I just, I know I'm limited in who would want to hire me. So I've done like very few commercials. So it's really like I count on trying to get character parts to, to be able to keep working and voiceover and um it's only getting worse brett because of the pandemic i've only been talking to my family and then after next summer it'll be two summers up there and then it's just like oh gal i'm gonna sound like i'm not even left the county (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna get rough (laughs) that is funny well it's a good problem to have I, i i don't think it will affect you you know, obviously you've got your comedy and all of that as well. So, and I think the show is so good that I feel that it will, I think hopefully continue on for a while, you know, Uh, and uh, as long as people keep watching it and the beauty of it being on Hulu is, as you know, there's just unlimited episodes that you can watch. So it's a lot of fun. Well, you mentioned something earlier on about your comedy and kind of how you go about things. And I want to circle back to that. You said you like to do open mics because you write on stage. Mm-hmm. Now you're the type of comic where you're just kind of going up there and floating ideas and, and seeing what sticks. Is that really kind of how you go about writing? Yeah. I mean, I write it out. <laughs> I write it out. And then I'm like, Oh, I, the, the only way to tell for me is I go on stage and I try it and then I'll go up blind sometimes too, where I'm like, I, nothing's coming to me on paper. And I'm like, I apologize to the, if there is anybody at that open mic, I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I have to do this. I have to vomit out ideas so that I can see where I need to go with this. And it's, I'm really been lucky with having the stage time to do that. And then if I am stinking up the stage, I've been fortunate enough that people still let me come back. Of course. So I'm grateful for that. Like I go back and I listen to some of my sets that I've done in LA and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe these people let me go back on their stage. And then uh, what? what's the counter of that is uh, I'll do like a real show for money and then a comic will like come up to me like, you're wow, you're actually funny. And then I'm like, oh gosh, because you've all, you've you've only seen me just trying stuff. Like <laughs> I have to fail, I have to fail a million times before I can get one thing right. Is kind of my flawed philosophy, unfortunately. I think it's that way for most comics, though, right? <laughs> like the whole idea, you know, of most middle comics or headliners or whatever. It's like you're getting up there and working out the material. Like when I go to a comedy club, no matter who I'm going to see, my expectation is it's going to be, they're working out new material regardless. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's for a special or a late night set, Mm -hmm. but 
how do you deal or mitigate with that? I guess those moments where you say stinking up the stage or things aren't working out, like what drives you to keep going and just, you know, yeah. say, hey. I guess I'm more into the writing than I am into the uh, um, audience response, which I don't know if that's good that's, or not. I think that's a good perspective but, to have, I would yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it means more to me to come up instead of getting a laugh at the same old thing every time, it means more to me to actually be creating something and in the process. Like I enjoy the process and that's unfortunate for the audience, <laughs> but I, but I do enjoy it. And that's why I'm still doing it just because I, I love that I get to create something and then sure. people will actually listen and I can craft it. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. It's very, really rewarding when something will turn out to work eventually. Yeah. I mean, to be able to create a joke and, you know, I've heard comics say the premise part for them, they hate, they hate coming up with premises. That's the only part I can do. Well, see, that's interesting. That's, (laughs) I think what separates you, Mary, in all seriousness from a lot of other comedians out there is that they hate the premise part. Like I was talking, you know, not, not I'm not name dropping, but John Reap was telling me, or no, Brad Williams was telling me he hates coming up with premises. He's like, that's the hardest thing for him, yeah. you know, because he'll go Google like premises yeah. and see, oh, so and so's done this joke, or you know, this person's done that joke, and they just go, okay, or they hate writing, or some yeah. just kind of go. And that's what I find so fascinating about your craft. Well, you know, it's funny, Brad and I should get together because I don't even call them punchlines. I just call them the last sentence of a joke. <laughs> I feel, like, Because I feel like I don't want it to be about the punchline. And that's the problem with me and comedy is that's what it's supposed to be about. But I like the broad idea of something being funny and sometimes I feel like that's ruined with a punchline and that's not how you're supposed to think. But I think in bigger ideas and scenarios uh, and I, you know, it lends itself well to writing scripts. Like I really love writing story scripts. I just, I like writing a, a 22 minute episode. I, I really enjoy that. And I, I wish I could pursue work in that in more in the tv writing for sitcoms and stuff but i do understand that when you read a script of mine it doesn't really translate for if you saw people do it it would it would i think it's a lot funnier than um some scripts you can read you see the jokes bang 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 but my scripts don't really don't really follow the way i think people expect a funny script to read. So I think it would be really hard for me to, to get work in that, but, but it's a, it would be awesome. I'd be pretty dang happy. You know what? I can't, can I tell you something I can't stand? Sure. Um, when, when uh, road comics like me have friends that get into script writing or uh, are writers on a TV show and these, um, <clears throat> people are like um 
you're like, oh, great. I'd always love, I'd love to do something like that someday. And they're like, well, it's a lot of work. And I'm like, what, what do you, were you not working? Did you not have a job before that? Like my, my jobs have always been before comedy. I was a teacher, right? So I'd get up at 5 a.m. I'd, first of all, I had a band at night. So I'd go to bed at 1 a.m. I'd get up at 5 a.m. I'd go teach. Then at the end of the day, I'd teach lessons and then I'd go conduct youth orchestra. And, and then I'd arrange music for a band. And so like comedy and writing to do that, it's like, that's, that's a gift job. Yeah, that's like, where the money you, is too. Like, but also it's like, what, when I started comedy, like, did you always just, were you always just, a, you can see I've <laughs> pent up anger about this. Like, did you not have a real job before you did comedy? Like, that's insane to me. Even growing up, like we didn't get to sleep in, in the weekends. We had to get up at 6am to haul wood because we heated our house with wood. I had to feed the chickens, clean the coop. It's like, you don't know what work is if you think writing for 12 hours a day is difficult, right? Yeah, like I am I so, it. I have a lot of anger at people who tell me, oh, you got to work hard. It's like, well, I what? don't think you, <laughs> how much wood have you hauled? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, how do you, how do you define like what hard work is, right? That's really where the rub is in going. Mm -hmm. What's so difficult about it? Yeah. I mean, sitting in a room for 12 hours writing, but you know, you're not lifting nothing. You're yeah, not breathing you're not, in you know, cigarette boxes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, um, and it's fun and you're creating something. And it's like, when I do these, um, writing teams for, um, ads and stuff, like we go a lot of, t it's usually about a 10 hour day and it just flies by because you're doing something you love to do. Sure. And I mean, also, it's just freaking amazing that there's other people there. I have nobody to talk to normally. It's like, <laughs> so I'm alone most of the time, you know, if it's regular, if it's a non-pandemic season, you know. So yeah. I don't know. It seems like I had to get out that anger for, I'm sorry if I. No, if that's I, um... totally fine. I. It's just <laughs> part of the deal. Like, you know, yeah. and. There's probably few people who would be willing to to say that because I think it's like you don't know what you've got till it's gone or, you know, what you don't have, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, because it's like, you know, I've again talking to so many different types of comedians. It's like that just the perspectives are, I would say, varied as far as like, you know, but the common theme is it, it's it's hard work to do what you do like. I couldn't sit and write jokes and that's just not my, I don't have that skill set. You know what I'm saying? So I, I admire you and other people who have the ability to do it, but I'm also not a fan of complainers. You know, it's like, Hey, yeah. you know, you're making God yeah. knows how much yeah. per episode that you write. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's like, know. it's insane. And then yeah. to be able to get an episode on television or a series on television. Oh, what a amazing, an amazing you know, feeling. It is, you know, it reminds me of, you know, there's, um, his name's, you know, Doug Ellen, the guy that created Entourage, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it splits the room about what people think about him. He started a podcast and now they're talking about doing a reboot of the show. Oh, and wow. it's like, all these people have these things to say, but it's like, 
you know, the guy created an Emmy winning television show that ran for like six or seven seasons on a cable network, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like to be able to do that. And he's probably yeah. one of the hardest working writers, I think, yeah. in the business to be able to create that. It's huge. And so, mm -hmm. you know, no complainers. No, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. That's just it's it's um I, I don't know. That would be a dream. I, I feel like I get so in order to make your living doing um road comedy, you're just it's hard busy doing there's so many peripherals that you have to do now with the with the um social media and that kind of thing. And I'm I'm not great at that. I forget uh, to post links and and whatnot but i try and i do you know try to keep my website going and all that kind of stuff yeah but. it's a lot of work like you know it used to be you go do radio yeah. sell tickets to yeah. your show and now it's like from what i understand a lot of comedians have to basically you're promoting the show from your instagram yeah. you're trying to get people to come you know yeah. selling out a thursday night is one of the hardest nights to sell out a weekend is easy but getting somebody to come to a comedy club on a thursday night yeah. for an eight o'clock show especially yeah. when there's two openers and then there's a middler and then there's you it's like you know i'm invested now two hours on a work night so <laughs> yeah. it's hard to get that done i get it i totally yeah. understand it but those are the best those are the best crowds the tuesday wednesday thursday people those yes. are the they love comedy so those are my favorite people in and you know the friday and saturday crowds are more like let's do something on a weekend not they don't care if it's comedy or whatever it is <laughs> so like i always if i'm gonna record a cd i'm like why didn't i do it on wednesday those are Funny. the best people so i'm gonna take that into consideration i gotta get one another one done this fall and We'll see if I can get the stage time to tighten it up. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm excited, Mary, for the future. And hopefully if you ever make it out to the Bay Area, we would love to come see you live and solar opposites. You know, hopefully we get more seasons of that. Yeah, and uh, so. I'm excited, Mary. You just Thank you've you. done so many different things and we'll be sure to put all of your socials and whatnot oh, in the thanks. show notes and let Thank people you. know drybarcomedy.com of course they can check out all you've done your website has all of your conan sets and everything so yeah, yep, um, yep. and now i'm doing a live instagram podcast so i'm yes. i'm following in your i'm kind of um late to the podcast game but oh, no. I, you should have told me it was so much fun you you should have told me because i enjoy it so much i just like to have that weekly appointment where i'm talking with other people and we do it on instagram so people just join in whenever they they get a chance and i love podcasting yeah it's great so thanks for doing what you do and giving us some mic time here yes well mary uh yeah podcasting is great i mean it allows me to have great conversations and um i mean it's only we've only just begun like the yeah. icing on the cake Yep. And so there's plenty of room at the table, uh, I always say. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> who knows what happens. But uh, Mary, thank you for hanging out with me this afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brad. Take care. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. 
If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.